0: All right, and we're back for uh, another episode of Bonding with Mark and Andy. We are diving into the history of Ian Fleming and James Bond and everything that is associated with this fascinating character that my friend Mark
1: is, uh
0: cajoled me into getting into, this world, this Bond
1: universe. Because you've never bothered to sit down and watch a Bond film, Andy. <laughs> Mark, I'm a
0: busy man.
1: I know you are, but even so, you've had such a long time, you've never got around to it. It's very strange.
0: How is uh let's do a couple of little niceties. How is England treating you today? How what's the weather England like over is there?
1: Quite nice. We've been having nothing but rain and bad weather, but for August it's looking quite nice out there at the moment. Makes a change.
0: Yeah, we've got uh we've had rain uh, a little bit here in Nashville. This yeah. is uh first of August.
1: Right? Are we in August now? Shit, what what are we? We had Storm Anthony yeah. here yesterday. That was a joy.
0: Yeah. Uh we, we actually had a little brief power outage here, uh which was just a, a flicker nothing major but uh yes yeah, storms rolled through here last night in nashville and i guess they're heading your way eventually yeah, I don't know.
1: We've, for the end of july beginning of august the english summer has been dreadful
0: really yeah hard. but we saw jerome we do we move on i mean luckily i have a bunch of bond films to keep me occupied you do. i don't know you what do you're doing you, i don't know if you're rewatching them or not but uh i've got plenty to do with that you being do. said so we're we're doing some history of Bond because I don't know it and Mark seems to do. So I know a little. Yeah, we'll go from here and if uh, I'm sure someone will probably chime in uh, our friend uh, was Tom Shapen. Shapen he uh, Shapen. he knows he, he knows little Bond. He might chime in here and there and anyone else that wants to join us on this conversation. I know another friend of ours um, we call him Orion. He wants to join us one day and talk about the vehicles of James Bond. Um, which I look forward to because the cars are another whole character in the movie Cars
1: are characters in themselves.
0: Yeah. I can't yeah. wait to dive into that, but we left off talking a little bit about bonds. I want to finish up with bonds, fam art bonds yeah. in Fleming's Sorry. family. Uh, Mark, you can give me some details if you have them. He was married just once, right? Yes, Is that correct? On.
1: There were lots of affairs in his youth. I mean, if you <laughs> take the time to have a look at his life story, I think Ian Fleming, much like his creation, was a bit of a ladies' man. But he ended up having an affair with a woman called Anne O'Neill, who was married to Viscount Rothermere, I think. Lord Rothermere? Yes. Remember, member a of the right British now. aristocracy. But Fleming ended up having an affair with her. So she... Um, Ended up marrying Ian Fleming, and I think Casino Royale was his way of distracting himself from the wedding. He'd go off and write that during the day while she was yeah. The I, I think, think I good.
0: read that 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 was his yeah. his uh his, his nerves or his cold feet. I think I wrote- Fleming
1: was a confirmed bachelor, and then suddenly, fi- fi- found himself getting very rapidly married. So yeah, I think that's where and, Bond was born. Uh, so
0: he- let me ask you just uh, out of curiosity, because uh, um, over here in America, I don't know what the second. Uh, Viscount or Viscount Rotham or what? What? What does all that mean? Oh, I don't know. Is, is it part of this royal lineage? And he's yeah, somewhere.
1: It's Earls, dukes. Okay. Lord this, lady that. Yeah, it's all part of the English aristocracy.
0: Did we call you Lord Greenaway?
1: You could do, but you'd probably get laughed at. <laughs> quite good though, Lord Mark. I quite like the ring of it.
0: Mark. Yeah, uh, he, was, he
1: was involved with. A member of the british aristocracy and they had an affair and then they got married which was what 1952 53 i think so.
0: and then they had one child is that correct
1: uh, yeah one b- a baby boy called casper casper,
0: casper who later he paid uh he died am i correct uh casper died I think in he his... died quite
1: young yeah i think he died before fleming i think
0: yeah i think he was in his uh, i had the notes somewhere but i think I he was in his remember. 20s
1: yeah i can't remember why he died but i think yeah he died quite young
0: let me see if i have it in my notes here real quick i may or may not i probably don't
1: oh i can't remember what what that was all about
0: i don't but someone will i'm surely chime in and tell us where we went wrong but yes his son died and then uh they married now they they lived there in london am i correct to assume I think, yeah
1: i think they spent time in london and out in jamaica jamaica Jamaica's so that was Hot that Benham. was like
0: his like summer home or a summer vacation? home. Yeah, He
1: used to he'd take three months off a year to go and write. I think that was part of his contract when he worked for the Sunday Times. So they'd go out to his house in Jamaica and God, have parties can... with Noel Coward and have a grand old time. Can you that?
0: imagine that life he
1: lived? I know. Like,
0: imagine having a job. You say to your boss, "Like I need three months off in the summer. I need, I need
1: three months off a year to write my my novels. I'll see. I'm going go. I'll see you in I'm... April."
0: Yeah, I'm gonna go uh would you say he his his word output was and uh, he would sit and write was um
1: didn't he say I think he was he sat down and did two thousand words a, a morning or something like that. He just keep writing, wouldn't look back at it, wouldn't edit it, just get it written. Two thousand And that's 000. a great way to write a book, isn't
0: it? Well, I mean, you know, you and I were just talking off camera about <laughs> our inability to accomplish uh little if anything. And you think about this guy, Ian Fleming was First of all, we get to go to, if I'm in Jamaica, I'm not thinking about sitting down writing a book. Like I'm at the beach every day. I, well, I've never been to Jamaica. Have you ever been out Well, no, I, mean, you've I've been there. I have done some world travels.
1: Well, I have. There was an exhibition in London. I think it was called Bond in Motion. And they had lots of artifacts and, and props from the movies and stuff. And they had, they've made a, uh, a reconstruction of his room at Golden Knight. And there was his desk and his chair. And a typewriter on it. So, you, and it was just a very simple wooden desk, very simple wooden chair. And yeah, you apparently used to sit there and knock out two thousand words a, a morning. Or yeah,
0: something and, and think about it, using using a typewriter like we have MacBooks, and I can't mm-hmm. be bothered to help finish my research so, for this to podcast. write a two
1: thousand page manuscript on a manual typewriter. That's 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 quite a big mm-hmm. arm. And, and apparently, you know, years later, he apparently Fleming had a he had a gold typewriter a gold-plated typewriter that he used to write these things on, and uh, years later, Pierce Brosnan bought it at an auction. So I think Pierce Brosnan owns Ian Fleming's oh, golden typewriter. I think that's the story.
0: Oh, that's great! gold kind of lends to Uh-oh. a gold finger, doesn't? it? exactly.
1: Matter.
0: And do you know? Did he? I, I mean, we we didn't discuss this earlier, but do you know anything about his writing habits? Like, did he did he outline, or did he just kind of? go for it
1: i think there were yeah notes got an idea of what he wanted to do and then he just sat down and wrote it just just banged it out and then went back and had a look at it afterwards and knocked it into shape it's a great way God, to truly, write a book
0: truly i mean it, it just lends to his uh his talent and and you know i'm i'm happy that i finally discovered him uh even though late in life i did discover him because i've read some interviews in doing research for these things, and some of these, some of these massive fans, one of the guys who actually became one of the writers after Bond, um, I'm going to draw a blank on his name. Was it Richard Benson?
1: Uh, Raymond Benson did something. Raymond yeah. Benson.
0: Benson. He was reading Bond novels at like
1: 13. Mm. And uh, I picked up. I think my first. I was about 12, something like that. When I first, it was because of the movies on TV, and then I, yeah, you know, got the books and started reading
0: i i had not at 13 there was no way i was ever going to read a novel at 13 i was uh well
1: you were too busy kissing kiss and painting your face at i was
0: painting my face with mm-hmm. kiss makeup and i just discovered our mutual fan band uh night ranger at 13 oh yes i've heard of and them and i was um uh this is I get another tangent here but i was a i was a, a drummer and i wanted to be a rock star and uh reading had uh i had no interest in reading i was i no was trying to, to read i was reading music man i was playing songs and dreaming of the lamborghini i was gonna buy someday um quick update i'm still waiting on the lamborghini but i'll let <laughs> you know when that happens although now i kind of want to uh, uh, what is it a sunbeam
1: oh the sunbeam alpine i, want I, can, to I want I want one of these things it's a cool little car yeah, there's some lovely cars to come. He's dripping yes. some fabulous cars. Yeah,
0: well, and we will have our friend Orion on to discuss mm. the cars with us because he is a car buff. and I, a car uh, buff. Uh, I'm a car buff in the sense of I like... There's a couple cars that I really enjoy, but I can't speak intelligently about them. You know, I I have a love for Lamborghini. I have a love for, um, a, love for a Ferrari, basically the Italian sports cars. Fascinated by the... Um, the MGs of your of your land, Mark.
1: MGs. I had an MGB once. Beautiful yeah. car. Lovely pieces. Most unreliable piece of metal I've ever driven. <laughs> you could never guarantee that you were going to get to where you wanted to go because it was always overheating.
0: Well, so the and you and I have talked about this before, and I know we're, we're drifting way off topic here. But you and I have talked before about when you came over here to the states, and the big difference, well, a big difference, not the, but one of the big differences over here is. You know, it seems to me in Europe, and I've been, I've traveled to Europe just a couple of times. I can't speak intelligently about Europe, but I the one thing I notice is it seems like over there Europeans have cars for a reason, just to get you from point A to point B, point B. Yeah. Over here, we all want the biggest truck we can find. The bigger there the are
1: better. A lot of big vehicles in the States. But yeah, then everything it, in America is big. The journeys, the distances involved, yeah. it's all big. So <laughs> you need to, a big truck.
0: We had to travel quite a bit to go to our rock concert. Mm. But um that's what I so I'm fascinated by the MGs because uh, and I, I used to work with a guy who owned one and he was restoring it. And the same thing, like getting it to work, it took him like twice as long because he'd have to stop. Yeah. Because it was overheating and he'd have to give it a minute and maybe put some yeah. water in it. But you know, but he he's like, it doesn't me. he goes i love this car and if i have to stop every so often i stop he goes but i don't ever look back you know i don't it's all, regret it's it.
1: all part of their charm they look great they smell great they sound great but yeah they're slightly unreliable english cars of that era are very unreliable i used to carry a bottle of water in the back of my mg because you never need ne- never knew when you were going to need it
0: yeah that's what that's what he would say he goes you yeah. have to always because it just they would get hot uh anyway we've we've digressed anyway, we enough so um we know that Casper died. I don't have the details on that, and I apologize for that, but it's not super important to the storyline that we're doing here. He married uh, Anne. They had a kid, Casper. Uh, Ian, as we stated, he died uh, when he was 56.
1: 56, after a round of golf in 1964. So 19 the bomb six, moves, he'd seen Dr. No from Russia with love. Goldfinger was in the it was in the mix. It was being made, and yeah, he he went to play a round of golf at Sandwich Golf Club near Canterbury, and he yeah dropped down and had a heart attack. They rushed yeah, to the hospital. we're and actually
0: we're coming up on the anniversary of his death. It was August twelfth. That's right. Yeah, sixty-four. So we're sitting here at August sixth uh, as we record this right now. So uh, in a few days we will make a nice. Post on our uh, website, our Facebook group to honour the the man himself. And he's buried
1: um, a twenty minute drive from where I'm sitting now. A little village called Sevenhampton.
0: Sevenhampton.
1: Yeah.
0: And now, is that um, is there significance why he's buried there, or is it just? I
1: don't know actually. I'm I, I'm not aware of any significance, but he, his son, and his wife are all buried in the same churchyard. A little village called Sevenhampton, just up the road. 20 minutes from where
0: I am now. i be curious someday to figure out what that's about. Maybe yeah, we can I'll look, look that some. up. Um, so like you said, he made it to, he saw two of his books become movies.
1: Yeah, they just, the movies had just come out, 62, Russia with Love was 63, and he died the following year. But never apparently, got to really... some rumor that he's actually in, in one of the railway scenes, in from Russia with Love. I think when Bond's catching a train, he's in the background apparently. So I same. will
0: endeavor when I watch it later today or tomorrow. But he never got to really see the super success that he would. It he was would just
1: starting. To. It was just beginning. Because what
0: think- what I had read uh, in my research is that he did. He had he'd seen uh, financially some success. He, he yeah. they said it was, and he died as his net worth was about three million pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, which that's pretty darn good. I mean, pretty I would take that. For- for
1: back then but he, he died before it all. i mean goldfinger is when it really took off and hit the roof yeah he, and he it, died before goldfinger came out I mean.
0: yes and the fact that the series has gone on to rake in billions of dollars and i only oh, yeah. hope that his his estate is still seeing that money i don't know that it is maybe you can speak about that um I'm not, I'm not i don't know his brother i guess his brother probably took over for most of it while he was alive right peter I don't if know. I,
1: I, I presume. I, I presume. I think Anne outlived him, so I imagine she. Has yeah, do I that. don't have
0: her her numbers. And I I, I mm-hmm. should have done that, but uh, we're really we're kind of winging this here a little bit. Um, so let's talk about uh, the Bond stuff. Is based on the MI6, correct?
1: MI6, yeah, British secret, British Secret Service, and it's known as. Um yeah mi6 mi6 is for foreign problems and mi5 is for domestic problems so bond being the international yeah he's mi6
0: so do mi5 mi6 ever cross over in the books is there ever a a working relationship do you know the the movies
1: i think he goes to goes to a shooting range that's used by mi5 at some point but yeah there's i mean that the two are quite interlinked obviously the defending England and all that sort of thing. But MI, MI6 is who Bond works for, Secret Intelligence Service, SIS. And that,
0: yeah, and that, and that is a real thing in England, the MI6 oh, yeah, designation. Yeah. Now, uh, the 00,
1: is that a real thing, do you know?
0: Or is that made up um, for the books?
1: I mean, I think that he, that he came up with the 00 section for the books, but I'm sure there is that kind of department that does exist for people who have Probably to kill that, in the line. The they don't
0: advertise the 00. But they
1: don't advertise the fact, no. They keep that, that sort of stuff fairly quiet. there was a a story that that all all the inspiration for the bond name and for 007 apparently in the in the in the reign of elizabeth the first she had a a spy network and one of her spies used to sign his he he had a code number for the letters that he used to send to queen elizabeth and he used to sign it 0070 or something like that so there are all sorts of reasons why it could be double O, but yeah, he I think Fleming created it It's, it's, it's to c- complete, complete your mission. If you need to kill someone in the line of duty, then you're allowed to, that's the double O section. Uh, it's just
0: fascinating. Again, it's so iconic, you know, and what, didn't you tell me that he kind of took double O seven from uh was it a
1: train? There, there is a, I mean, Fleming died, in Canterbury where I'm come from Kent on the South coast of England. And for many, many years, the bus route, the number of the bus route from Canterbury bus. up to London has been 007. I've ridden the 007 bus many times. So yeah, that, that exists. It could, that be that story. it could be another one, but yeah, it's around. There are yeah. 007 and that, bus still the
0: bus route existed before bond existed. Yeah. So clearly yeah. that's not a nod to him. They, the the yeah. 00 was there ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah, again, it's iconic. I mean, everybody, you know, you can just say 007 and people know what you're talking people about. People
1: know it, yeah. It's become part of and English I, culture. And then you
0: were also telling me, I believe, that there's only, it goes up to like 009?
1: Well, I, I think in the books there's three at any one time. But if you watch Thunderball, there's a scene where he, he walks into a meeting. They're having a meeting to discuss what's been going on. Two Vulcan bombers have been, uh, a Vulcan bomber's been stolen. With two nuclear bombs on board so they have this big meeting and they M gathers all the 00 agents in and there's nine seats and the seventh seat is empty and he Connery walks in and sits down in it so that in the in the film Thunderbolt, you can see there are at least nine double agents at, at, at that point but I'm sure there are more
0: I love it uh so it says yeah I'm going through the notes uh, sticking with the number the double o it says that the, the, the novel Moonraker in uh, your notes says that's where they established that the 00 section routinely has three agents. Yeah, that's right. At any time.
1: Yeah.
0: So in, got the, in, that.
1: in the in the in the films, there's been 006, 009. So yeah, yeah, and then on one.
0: yeah. Your next note is in the series, uh, in the film Thunderball. They established that they minimum number is of is nine. nine. Yeah. Probably because 0010 would not make. It wouldn't. Wait. It
1: wouldn't. It wouldn't sound quite as good. Would it?
0: It doesn't. Just uh, it's funny because Double O Seven just really
1: it works, really, is not it? Yeah, it, it, it just
0: works. It's just cool. I don't know. <laughs> <The> hell, what <laughs> do I know? Right. Uh, let's talk uh, briefly about. Uh, we've covered that. So the first. Let's talk about the first. I guess the appearance of Bond in film. Or I'm reading your note here. 1954, CBS paid Ian Fleming a thousand dollars, which would be. Um,
1: yeah, the first James Bond appearance. The first he was an American. Yeah, uh, American TV series with Peter Lorre, the big. You remember the big film star? Um, he was in I, Maltese Falcon, I think. Gosh, was, you know, I mayor. know the
0: name, I cannot place it, and I'll and when I do the editing, yeah. I'll put a picture of Peter Lorre up here.
1: There was a there was uh, a Daily Express newspaper strip over here that had that they did that. It was a cartoon strip of James Bond. But the first appearance on screen of Bond was a American TV show. Yeah? Apparently, I, yeah. I think he worked for the CIA, not the British government. He was a proper American.
0: Well, of course, we've got to put our stamp on it.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Have you seen this version of Casino? Is it out there? Do you know? No,
1: yeah. I think it's. A, I think you can see it on YouTube. I've never actually seen it. I've, se- I've seen a picture of what he looks like, but I've not actually seen the TV show. So,
0: We'll make an effort to uh, both of us to watch that one day and we'll do a... A, a, a late review of it. <laughs> that was <laughs> in fifty. I think
1: years. that was fifty-four, wasn't it? And the, the it says nineteen fifty-four. Yeah, the Daily Express, the cartoon strip that was very big over here. That was nineteen fifty-seven, and then it sort of snowballed from there. I think he did Doctor No. he was a was a script for the uh, a, a t, it was a TV script for a film script for the Jamaican government to boost tourism or something. But it really, and that's when he met Cubby uh, uh, Harry Saltzman and Cubby Broccoli, and then well, so- the movie's
0: going. let me just finish up a note here you have on the, the American version of Casino Royale uh, it was part of something called its Climax series which I don't know Climax what that
1: TV
0: means show, yeah. uh, it says it aired live on uh, October 21st 1954 and it starred Barry Nelson
1: what's it, Barry Nelson what's
0: as it? Card Sense
1: Jimmy Bond James,
0: jo- James Bond and Peter Lorre as Le, Le Chifre the big villain Chifre. okay so I'll, I'll I'll find pictures of that and post them. They'll be on the the episode when it when we air this thing. Um. I haven't read Doctor No. Was it set in Jamaica? Is Yeah, it
1: was. Yeah, and, and we that's talk- one of the reasons. I think one of the reasons that they chose to to film Doctor No first was it was the the like loca- the main location. It was all in one place. It was all in Jamaica, so it was cheaper. They could fly everybody out to Jamaica, film it there. It's one of the reasons they they, they did that first.
0: Yeah, we were cause we were talking about that and um so it's all set it, in Jamaica. Because it was such a, a small budget at the time, it was a million dollars. And like the um the stage designer, he built like that massive lair and everything for like fifteen thousand fourteen thousand mm-hmm. dollars, fourteen thousand pounds. Yeah.
1: When that first started, it was all on a very tight budget.
0: Yeah, and I read that I believe it was Kubrick. I could be wrong on this, but it was Kubrick who uh, then had him do the set design for. Was it two thousand
1: one? I think they consulted. They asked for his advice. Oh Kubrick, yeah, did two thousand one. But I it think it was advised it on it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm really butchering this. I really, it's it's just so bloody early. I'm not done on my research <laughs> for this mark Anyway, I'm kind of we're spitballing that part of it. But anyway, um, so let's see. I'm reading some notes that you've got here. The novel adapted for American audiences. To show Bond as an American agent working for quote the Combined Intelligence, while the character Felix Leiter, an American in the novel, became British on screen. It was renamed Clarence. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. That must be for the um, for the film Casino Royale. And uh, I'm trying to see what else you got. I don't want to jump too far ahead.
1: Um, yeah, Doctor so- No was written as a as something to do with Jamaican tourism, something like that, and it fell through. And then he met Harry Saltzman and it went from there. I think he got fifty grand for the for the rights for for yeah, the bond I'm Trying to and find
0: it here Saltzman. in your uh I'm trying when we get to that part. Maybe we'll do that in the next episode. We'll jump into the production parts of it. Um let's see here. I think. Yeah, so we'll talk, let's talk about the comic strips real quick. Odd uh, in 1958, the novel Moonraker was adapted for broadcast on South African radio. That's right. Bob Holness, who Bob is Holness. well known in
1: England for being a game show host for a, a game show called Blockbusters, which was very big when I was a teenager.
0: Okay. What so was that slight,
1: like? There's a slight, a slight oddity in the Bond history. But yeah, apparently Bob Holness, who he was very big over here when I was a teenager, a cult figure, He did a TV show called Blockbusters. It was a, a quiz show, but it was, it was quite quiet. popular here. Uh, but so I, he 40... was Bond. I was quite surprised.
0: <laughs> well, according to The Independent, quote, listeners across the union thrilled to Bob's cultured tones as he defeated evil master criminals in search of world domination, end quote. Sounds about right. Uh, in 1957, the Daily Express yeah. approached Ian Fleming to adapt his stories into comic strips, yeah, offering cool. him 1,500 pounds per novel mm. and a share of the takings from syndication. Uh, After initial reluctance, Fleming, who felt the strips would lack the quality of his writing, agreed. Uh, He says also to aid the Daily Express illustrating Bond, Fleming commissioned an artist to create a sketch of how he believed James Bond looked. The illustrator, John McCluskey, however, felt that Ian Fleming's 007 looked too outdated and pre-war and changed Bond to give him a more masculine look. The first strip, Casino Royale was published on july 7th 1958 to december 13th 1958 and was written by anthony hearn and illustrated by john mccluskey have you seen these things they're very
1: popular over here
0: yeah you know the days of uh the the serialized comic strips in the comic pages are kind of gone by the wayside I, i remember when i was still a young lad um my parents would get the Sunday paper, which was the big paper here in the states. I don't know if it's the same way in in England.
1: Yeah, so
0: I mean, they'd get a daily paper, but the Sunday paper was your big, thick paper and had all your ads. And uh, but I would always get the funny pages, and I would do some flipping through them. I then uh, that's why I just started uh, oddly uh, a love of comics and became a comic collector later in life. But uh, yeah, that didn't that didn't get me anything in life. <laughs> That that five bucks to get me five dollars worth of comic books.
1: Keep going, Andy. Keep going.
0: Yeah, I'll get there eventually. Someday, Mark.
1: You got to sit down and do two thousand words a morning, like Fleming. That's what you're gonna do. Jesus, I
0: don't think I've written two thousand words in my life. (laughs) It's impressive. Um, well, let's let's end this episode here, Mark. At this point, and when you get to the comic
1: strip in the Daily Express, now you're talking late fifties. Yeah, it's all building towards sixty-two. And when they get the film right. So we're, nearly, yeah, we're so
0: nearly there. We'll pick up next where he starts to get into the film production and screen adaptations and uh, Saltzman and uh, Broccoli. And we'll yeah. pick up from there on the next episode. So uh, thank you anybody.
1: you from Russia with Love, young man.
0: I am. That will be our next movie review, will be, of course, from Russia with Love coming up soon, I hope. But we're going to finish up these history episodes. So um, we'll say goodbye for now on this one, Mark, and we will pick up on the next one. Farewell, Nashville. Have a good day. Bond on, my sir.
1: Bond on. Take care.
0: (laughs) This has been a Touch of Madness production, brought to you by the creative minds at Tommy Twins Media.